Aloha. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Today is the day. It is NBA Draft Day. And if it feels a little weird, it should, because forever, draft day has been the last week in June, not the middle of November. We've had to wait a really long time for this draft to happen, but I couldn't be more excited that we're finally back doing the 2020 draft. And for me, this is a special day as well, because I've been off the last couple of drafts, uh, 2018 and 2019, in ESPN Exile. And so I'm just stoked to be here today. This is my favorite day of the year. And what I do every year at the start of draft day is put out my last mock draft of the year. I've been on the phones all day talking to NBA teams, NBA agents, trying to ascertain what's going on. It's not easy. These mock drafts aren't always right. Sometimes you get bad information. Sometimes it just takes one team to do something really weird and everything falls out of place. But I'm really excited to share with you this morning what I've been hearing from NBA teams around the league, and we're going to do Mock Draft 3.0. If there are trades on Wednesday or if there's significant breaking news about a particular team and what a particular team might do, we'll do little podcast updates throughout the day, and you can follow along on nbabigboard.com where you'll find Mock Draft 3.0. You'll find Big Board 4.0, which we finalized yesterday. That's our rankings uh, of the players. Uh, you'll also find our 2020 Draft Tiers column as well at nbabigboard.com. Also want to remind you that if you're tuning into the draft tonight, you should tune in to our Locked On Live NBA Draft podcast. We're going to do it live. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be with David Locke. We're going to be on Twitch. We're going to be on Facebook. We're going to be on YouTube. We're going to be in Twitter. Just look for Locked On Live uh, and any of those places, wherever you want to watch the NBA draft. We're going to be joined by uh, Locked On Hawks, Brad Rowland. We're going to be uh, joined by a number of our podcast hosts uh, who have expertise on their particular teams to get their reactions throughout the night. David Locke and I are going to going to ride this out together. We're going to start at 7.45 p.m. Eastern. We're going to go through the entire draft. Make sure you tune in to our Locked On Live NBA Draft cast. You can find it on Twitch. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Twitter. You can go to at Chad Ford Insider on Twitter right now to see those links to all of those things and, and stay with us throughout the draft. I think we're going to have a lot of great insight. I think it's going to be really fun. And I'm really excited now to unveil Mock Draft 3.0. And we're going to start with the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are on the board at one. Anthony Edwards, the freshman guard out of Georgia, has moved into the number one spot. I am not really sure what the Wolves are going to do here. Minnesota's done a really good job of not really signaling their intentions. I think that's a pretty smart move given that they're trying to move the pick and they don't want teams to deal with the Warriors or Hornets instead. As you probably know, I've had LaMelo Ball at the top of the past few mocks on the assumption that he had the most trade value, even if he wasn't the best fit in Minnesota. With time running out, it's looking less likely that the Wolves aren't going to find a deal. And it seems like the consensus among the NBA execs that I spoke with 
is that they will select Edwards here. He's the best fit of the top three, uh, though he's far from a great fit. He definitely has upside worthy of the number one selection. He's got elite athleticism. He's got size. He's got scoring ability. It's his feel for the game that's a major work in progress. And for a team that has aspirations on the playoffs, he may not be able to help as much as people think he can. It could still be ball, by the way. Uh, There's a lot of mixed signals out there about Minnesota. But right now, it looks like the odds on favorite is Anthony Edwards. And maybe we're going to get a draft night surprise like we did in 2013. The Golden State Warriors are on the clock at two. We've had James Wiseman there for a while. He stays there at number two, the big Memphis center. And the Warriors have also been trying hard to trade the pick. Um, There really isn't anyone in the draft that could step in and contribute the way the Warriors need the help right now. They have like a two to three year window to win a championship and rookies often just aren't going to be that much help. Teams including the Bulls, the Hawks, the Knicks, Spurs, all been rumored to be eyeing this pick. But it's draft day. They still don't have a deal. And it seems likely that the Warriors are going to keep this pick. So if they can't find a trade partner, they may have to make a long-term play for a player like James Wiseman, start rebuilding for the future while still competing for a championship. And hopefully he'll be able to give you some blocks, some lobs, some rebounds, maybe play 15, 20 minutes a night and help out the Warriors a little bit. He actually makes the most sense of the top prospects here. But one other sleeper worth looking at in Golden State Israel's Denny Avdia. There have been multiple teams that think he's the guy the Warriors really want. The Warriors could try to move down a few spots to get him, but the problem is they can't move down too far with both the Bulls and Cavs looking at him at number four and five, respectively. Would the Warriors have the guts to take him at number two? I don't think he's going to be the selection. I think it's going to be Wiseman, but Avdia could be the first big surprise that we could hear on draft night. At three, it's the Charlotte Hornets. I have them selecting LaMelo Ball, the point guard who played in Australia last year. And there's been talk about Charlotte moving up to take James Wiseman or taking him at three if he's still on the board. The question is, what if it's Ball that's here at three? The Hornets could certainly use his court vision, his flair. He would bring some sizzle to a team that I think really lacks it. But how much he improves the win total in Charlotte, at least for year one, man, that's a major question mark for me. There's also been a lot of talk around the league about USC's Onyeka Okongwu going here at three. He's definitely a better fit than LaMelo, but Charlotte may be able to move down a few spots and get in a little bit later in the draft. There's significant upside with Okongwu, but I'm just not really sure that he's the number three pick in the draft. That's why I have them going with LaMelo here, but this may be even more motivation for Charlotte to either move up a couple of spots or to move down a few spots Um, to get maybe a guy that they're a little bit more comfortable with. At four, big change. Chicago Bulls, Patrick Williams, the Florida State freshman forward. And I've had Tyrese Halliburton here the last couple of uh, mock drafts. He certainly is still in the mix here. It's been super challenging to figure out what the Bulls are going to do going into Wednesday and I keep getting mixed signals. And there's a chance, by the way, that the Bulls could end up with LaMelo Ball in this scenario. And from what I can gather, if he's on the board, they're definitely interested, though not completely sold. Shoring up the culture in Chicago is a big concern, and Ball's fit there, I think, is a questionable one. So let's talk about Patrick Williams. Many scouts in the NBA feel like he has the most upside of any of the players left in the draft. 
The Bulls' biggest need is on the wing, and they feel like Williams can play there, though actually some teams see him more strictly as a four. Multiple sources around the league last night felt pretty confident that in the last 24 hours that barring a trade, Williams will be their pick at four. The Bulls have also really liked Halliburton, as I said throughout the process, and he definitely offers less risk than Williams, albeit with less reward. He's been at this spot in previous mocks, and like I said, he could still be their guy. The Bulls' backcourt is pretty crowded, but no one on the roster has the long-term potential of Halliburton, and he may be the best culture player in this draft, that that's really important to him. For the past month or so, there's also been significant buzz here about Israel's Denny Avdia landing in Chicago because of new president of basketball operations, Arturis Karnasovis' role in drafting international players in Denver. But I hear that there's more smoke than fire there, and people in Chicago continue to insist that's all speculation. So Williams, Halliburton, Avdia, just the gut right now, but the signals seem to be pointing to Patrick Williams at four at five the cleveland cavaliers are on the board and i have them continuing to select denny avdia the israeli forward 19 year old and it's it's been a tough one with the Cavs. they're a weird team they have two veterans in the front court they have two kind of inconsistent young players in the back court at the glaring hole in the wing that's where Avdia comes in. There's also been talk about Auburn's Isaac Okoro here um, as well, given his defensive prowess. And there's been a lot of talk in the last few weeks that maybe Obi Toppin out of Dayton could be the pick here. Toppin certainly is ready now. He's the best athlete and the best offensive player of the group. I'm just not sure he's a great fit with Kevin Love and Larry Nance on the roster. Moving Love is going to be nigh impossible. Nance definitely is easier to trade, but I wonder if that tiebreaker is going to go to fit. The Cavs need a wing. Avdia fits the profile. The upside's there. There's questions about the shot and defense. The floor for him definitely scarier than Toppin, but the ceiling might, I emphasize might, um, be higher. It's also interesting that the Cavs could maybe make a deal and get up to number two. Uh, if that's what they want, if they're interested in a LaMelo Ball or James Wiseman, um, they could move up a few spots, and this is where the Warriors could land Denny Avdia. At six, the Atlanta Hawks, Tyrese Halliburton, the Iowa State sophomore guard. And again, I, I love Halliburton. He's number four on my big board. Uh, the Hawks are super tough to peg. All signs point to them being in win-now mode and looking to make a playoff push next year. If they can't move the pick, it may come down to who can help them now. And when you're Trey Young's your point guard, you may need to try extra hard to provide some defensive support. Auburn's Isaac Okoro seems like a fit here as well. Um, Devin Vassell out of Florida State, another option here. Lord knows the, the Hawks were last in the league in three-point shooting percentage last year. So adding someone like Vassell could end up helping on both ends. Also, Florida State's Patrick Williams if he was on the board, could be a potential pick here. With that said, I think it would be hard to draft any of those players with Halliburton on the board. He's not a need exactly, but he has the highest floor of any player in this draft, can contribute right away, and I think he'd be a really interesting fit in the backcourt next to Young. I actually really like this deal for Atlanta if he falls to them at six. At seven, the Detroit Pistons, Killian Hayes, the guard out of Ulm, Germany, grew up in France, 
And, you know, this one's a tough one for the Pistons because news leaked that the Pistons were in love with Patrick Williams. I, I wonder how much that's going to come back to haunt them. You know, this is the downside sometimes of leaking who you like um, in a draft. Now teams start to get excited about a player, maybe try to figure out how to get ahead of you. Uh, the Pistons have been pretty active in trade talks to move up in the draft. And I think everyone in the league, including me, thought that was an attempt to land LaMelo Ball. Maybe the Pistons already know that Williams is going higher than seven and he's the real target. USC's and Yika Kongwu, Dayton's Obi Toppin are definitely in the mix here as well. If Hayes is still on the board, though, he's not only the prospect with the most upside left, but I think he can provide a much needed steadying influence to the Pistons backcourt. At number eight, it's the New York Knicks. Obi Toppin out of Dayton, the sophomore power forward. The Knicks have wanted to move up in the draft, but the asking price from teams in the top three, Mitch Robinson, the number eight pick, and either a future first rounder or R.J. Barrett, that's just more than the Knicks are willing to pay. They like LaMelo, but they don't like him enough to give him three key assets to move up five spots in the draft. If they can't move up, there'll be a ton of pressure to take Toppin. We've talked about this before. He's high profile. He's rep by CAA. Seems like great value here at eight. They do have a plethora of power forwards on the roster. Would they really add another? And I think the answer is that he's a much longer term solution than some of those other guys. Uh, Hayes is another interesting option here if you were on the board. His versatility, ability to defend both backcourt positions, high basketball IQ, all that could be a great fit for them if he was still on the board at eight. At nine, the Washington Wizards select Onyeka Okonwu, the freshman forward center out of USC. And look, the Wizards are one of the few teams that have really been trying to move up in the draft. Uh, they've been various names attached to them, but Okonwu is a guy that I've consistently heard that the Wizards really like. And in this mock, at least, he slides to them at nine. They desperately need a versatile athlete in the front court. He's a perfect fit if he's still on the board. And, you know, look, if he's not there, I think the question then will be maybe they pivot uh, to a point guard. Obviously, if Killian Hayes were on the board, um, there might be some interest there. Kira Lewis also could be someone who could be quite interesting for the Wizards at nine. There's also been talk that they love Precious Achua uh, out of Memphis as well, though I think nine might be a pretty big reach uh, for him there. At 10, the Phoenix Suns are on the board. Devin Vassell, the sophomore wing out of Florida State, is who I have them taking. The Suns landed Chris Paul in a deal earlier in the week. Uh, they they gave away Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, Ty Jerome, a uh, 2022 uh, first-round pick. So the question now is which way do the Suns use their pick? Replacing Oubre may be their primary concern. Sources say that Suns would have serious interest in Vassell if he drops to them here. His ability to contribute on both ends of the floor give him a slight nod over Auburn's Isaac Okoro, who could also be the pick here at 10. If he's off the board, then Okoro could be the guy. He certainly is the best defender in the draft. And maybe what the Suns need not right now is not offense, but a really great defense. And if that's the case, Okoro could certainly be the guy. They also need to continue to groom a long-term replacement for CP3, who at 35 isn't going to continue to play at a high level much longer. A lot of scouts think he's maybe got one year left 
uh, Killian Hayes, if he were to be here, uh, Kira Lewis Jr. are both intriguing fits as well if they decide to go the point guard route. At 11, the San Antonio Spurs select Sadike Bay, the sophomore wing out of Villanova. And look, there's been a lot of Spurs trade rumors. I talked about this in the last pod. I'm not sure that wherever there's smoke with San Antonio, there's fire. They keep things pretty tight to the vest in San Antonio. It's just very unlikely that they're going to telegraph their moves ahead of time. A tough choice here with Okoro on the board, um, with Bay on the board, and some of this just came down to fit. You know, Bay is a great culture fit. Is one of the higher floors in the draft. He fits the requirements for most modern day wings. And I think that he might just be a little bit better of a fit than Okoro right now. But certainly Okoro is another real option here um, at 11. He certainly has the talent. Uh, I, I actually think Okoro is a little bit better prospect, um, frankly, um, than Bay. But Bay, I think, has, again, that higher, higher floor. At 12, the Sacramento Kings. Isaac Okoro, the freshman wing out of Auburn. Uh, I've had a pretty hard time getting a read on Sacramento at the moment. Uh, Everybody else in the league kind of the same way. I I mentioned this again in the last podcast that since they hired Monty McNair, it seems like everybody's trying to figure out who's the numbers guy, Um, if you will, who's the guy that Sacramento's going to pick because of that. I just think it's a no-brainer if Okoro's here on the board. I think it feels like Sacramento's going to have kind of their pick dropped in their lap, um, if you will. Uh, he's such an elite defender. I certainly think that that Sacramento can use his toughness. And, you know, Okoro to me is one of the more intriguing guys. He could go as high as five to the Cavs. Hawks are looking at him at six. Suns are looking at him at 10. Spurs are certainly looking at him at 11 um, as well. The question is his jump shot. He has so much else to the game. I, I think maybe Okoro just has gotten slightly underrated now after maybe being a little bit overrated earlier in the season. Uh, I, I think this is a great pick for Sacramento if he's still on the board. At 13, the New Orleans Pelicans are on the board with Jalen Smith, the sophomore big man out of Maryland. And, you know, this is an interesting one because the Pelicans made a huge trade on Monday, sending Drew Holiday to Milwaukee for Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. Pelicans are unlikely to have long-term plans for either guard meaning they're adding another guard to the team. Someone like Kira Lewis or Aaron Neesmith could make a lot of sense for them. Villanova's Sadiqe Bay uh, as well has been thrown around a lot, but I have them going a few spots higher uh, to the Spurs. The Pelicans also need help in the middle. Jackson Hayes is a work in progress and might not be the sort of ideal fit next to Zion Williamson anyway. Smith's draft stock has been rising throughout the past few months. Cracking the lottery wouldn't would be like a small surprise, but not a huge one. His ability to stretch the floor, to block shots, to rebound, all of those things are awesome. And he certainly looks like he would be a good positional fit next to Zion in the front court. At 14, the Boston Celtics are on the board. Kira Lewis Jr., the sophomore point guard out of Alabama. And The Celtics have been trying to package all their picks for a veteran, ideally, or to move up if they can't get a vet. So far, they've been coming up empty. Lewis has been here in the last few mocks. I think he he stays here. He might go a spot or two higher. Uh, Sacramento is a potential uh, fit for him as well. Phoenix at 10 could be a potential fit for him. And and he has that talent that if he goes a few spots higher, I'm really good with it. He's one of my favorite prospects at this point in the draft. 
um, Precious Achua, RJ Hampton, Tyrese Maxey, other names to look out for if you are a Boston fan. And I just want to remind everybody again that the NBA draft is finally here today. The Locked On Podcast Network is going to have live draft coverage this year on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch on Locked On Live. It's going to be the only place we're going to be able to find me. Uh, and I'm going to be with David Locke breaking down every pick in the draft. We're going to start at 7.45 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be joined by Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks. Uh, David Locke, again, is going to host uh, the podcast. And we're going to have every podcast host in the NBA there live to break down their pick. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. I think you can get a ton of great draft analysis. You're going to get analysis that's very specific to your team. I'm not saying don't watch ESPN, but I'm kind of saying don't watch ESPN. Why don't you come over, spend the night with us, 745. If you go to my Twitter page at at Chad Ford Insider, you'll see the links to that Facebook Live, uh, YouTube Live, Twitch, whatever it is that you like to consume the draft. I hope you'll join us and hang out with us uh, for the entire NBA draft. I'm really stoked uh, to be doing this. I also want to remind our listeners who don't know about this other life that I live, uh, that when I'm not doing the NBA draft, I'm doing conflict resolution. And I recently wrote a book, Dangerous Love, Transforming Fear and Conflict at Home, at Work, and in the World. As much as I love my NBA draft work, uh, this has been my life's passion to help people in conflict overcome that conflict. So if you're in a marriage relationship or you're a parent or you're a child and you're really struggling in a relationship, if you're struggling at work with a boss or with a colleague, or if you're caught in the same sort of frustration that so many people are feeling right now with political polarization in our community or what have you, Dangerous Love is the book for you. It will help you be able to work through your conflicts, be able to change relationships, be able to change your communities. And I really hope you change the world. So check out Dangerous Love at DangerousLoveBook.com or wherever your favorite books are, are sold. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar tastes even better than the old ones. They're in 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. That's on top of all of the original flavors that you typically love, the coconut almond, the raspberry, the banana bread, one of my favorites, the mint brownie. Also love that orange bar and the coconut one as well, of course, being in Hawaii. And the great thing about these bars is that they taste like a candy bar, but they're actually healthy. And for for someone like me who exercises a lot and runs a lot and cares a lot about what he puts into his system, I love the fact that it's low calorie, it's low sugar, it's got high protein, it's got high fiber, 19 grams of protein. Uh, in fact, which is which is pretty awesome. And so go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. That's builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com.
And we are back talking our 2020 Mock Draft 3. This is the last mock of the year. It is draft day. We've just gone through the lottery. Lots of great picks there to consider. Now we're going to move into the second half of the first round in this segment. And that kicks us off with the Orlando Magic, who I have selecting RJ Hampton, who played professional basketball in New Zealand last year, 19-year-old guard. And, you know, the Magic are one of those teams that John Hammond is not afraid to swing for the fences. I had Jaden McDaniels there in a previous draft, and he certainly could continue to be the guy there. But he's not the only player left on the board with significant upside. Hampton is an elite athlete. He can jump out of the gym, just kind of needs to figure out that jump shot. Um, that frankly can describe a lot of players in Orlando, but that certainly hasn't stopped the Magic uh, from taking them in the past. Also, Aaron Neesmith is definitely a player who could be available and could be a fit. Uh, there's some concerns about Neesmith's foot. Um, I'm continuing to hear around the league concerns that could lead him to sliding a little bit in the draft. I don't think it's going to be a massive slide, but he might slide down three, four, five spots um, in the draft. Tyrese Maxey also seems to be drawing some significant interest from Orlando at 15. At number 16, it is the Houston Rockets who received this pick from the Portland Trail Blazers on Monday night. I have them selecting Precious Achua, the Ford out of Memphis. And like I said, the Rockets agreed in principle to trade Robert Covington, Trevor Ariza to the Blazers for the number 16 pick in the 2020 draft. Also a future first round pick. With James Harden and Russell Westbrook also looking like they may be heading out the door, man, it, it looks like Houston may be in for like a major rebuild. And I'm not sure whether that will or won't happen. But whether they do or don't blow it up, Ochoa's talent may be just too good to pass on here. He's kind of moved all over my board, and I haven't really known what to do with him. He's the best big defender in the draft. He can guard five positions on the floor no problem. He's just offensively challenged. Uh, some teams don't believe his shot is totally broken, however. He's a pretty old freshman. He's already 21 years old. But just on defensive prowess and athleticism alone, he's probably worth a pick in this selection. He could go a few spots higher. He could go a few spots lower. I just actually think he might be a nice fit in Houston, even if they're keeping Harden and Westbrook because, again, of what he can get done on the defensive end. At 17, the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the board and have them selecting Aaron Neesmith, uh, the sophomore wing out of Vanderbilt. Three-point shooting is definitely going to be a thing in Minnesota, and Neesmith, if he's still on the board, would be a really interesting fit here. He's arguably the best shooter in the draft, and if the Wolves are comfortable with his foot, and there are some concerns about his foot, um, he could really help. If he's gone, don't be surprised to see Tyrell Terry go here. He's been at 17 in our last few mocks. The Wolves seem genuinely interested. They also seem to be some precious Achua buzz here as well if he were to continue to slide. At 18, Dallas Mavericks. I've had them selecting Leandro Balmaro, the guard out of Argentina, for the last couple of mocks. He stays here at 18. Um, there seems to be a lot of Alexis Pokashevsky buzz here. That seems to kind of be the media consensus of where Dallas is going. But I think, just my opinion, I think it's more smoke than fire. Dallas does have an elite international scouting group. 
but it doesn't mean that Pokashevsky is their guy. I, I think they're actually higher on Bomaro. However, if this is the Thunder's pick, then Dallas has definitely talked to OKC about swapping 18 for 25 or 28, or maybe even preferably for Dallas, swapping 18 for one of their 2021 first round picks. Then Pokashevsky makes more sense, and Dallas could still maybe nab Bolomaro at 25 if it's a little bit lower. I, I know Bolomaro is a little bit of a polarizing prospect. Uh, you know, he's not the world's greatest athlete, his jump shot isn't there but man the way that he plays with the intensity his his size his ability to see the floor the sort of herky-jerky style really interesting prospect for me another guy to watch at is maryland's jalen smith another option if he falls a little bit uh ditto for arizona's josh green if for some reason uh bomaro isn't there at 19 the brooklyn nets are on the board I'm continuing to have them select Jaden McDaniels, the freshman forward out of Washington. And I I know this is an odd pick because the Nets are in win-now mode with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And, you know, shouldn't they be selecting a guy here that can come in and help them right away? But I think they actually have quite a bit of depth on their roster. And I continue to hear out of Brooklyn that they're making this pick for the future, not for now. They don't expect a pick at this point in the draft to come in and really help them. And if that's the case, then Jaden McDaniels is a really, really intriguing prospect down here. Might be a top five prospect just on talent in this draft, but he certainly has a long gap of reaching his potential uh, ditto for Tyrell Terry if he's on the board as well. Another guy that Brooklyn um, seems to like. At 20, we've had Tyrese Maxey here out of Kentucky for a long time. Maybe it's just that we like Kentucky players in Miami. I don't know. He certainly seems to fit the mold of what it is that Kentucky really likes out of their prospects here. Maxey's getting looks higher for sure. Orlando at 15. Houston at 16 is definitely a possibility as well. I think this is probably like his floor Um, right now um, in the draft. At 21, the Philadelphia 76ers continue to have them selecting Desmond Bain, the TCU senior guard. Shot the lights out, 44% from beyond the arc during his senior season at TCU. Uh, He is a guy, one of the few guys I think kind of left in this draft that comes in and contributes right away to a team. A lot of toughness there. Not a, the world's greatest athlete, lacks you know great length, but man, just really knows how to play the game. High basketball IQ. A lot of teams have really, really liked him coming in, and I could see him being a nice fit uh, in Philly as well. Also some Cole Anthony buzz in Philly as well. At 22, the Denver Nuggets are on the board. I have them selecting Isaiah Stewart, the freshman center out of Washington, who seems to be rising fast on boards over the past few weeks. He's very skilled, incredible wingspan, plays his butt off. And all of that is helping teams overlook the fact that he's a little bit undersized. He's still kind of an emerging perimeter guy. He's still sort of more of an old school center than a modern NBA big. But when you have a plus 10 wingspan, and that's what Isaiah Stewart has, nearly seven foot five wingspan, he has the ability to shoot the ball a little bit. I think he moves his feet better than people giving credit for. And when you th- just think about how hard he plays, I think he's just a really interesting prospect uh, for them at 22. It's certainly Denver could go a lot of ways here, but I like Stewart there. At 23, we're leaving Josh Green, the freshman wing out of Arizona, to the Jazz. He's got defensive versatility. He has athleticism. He tested as one of the top athletes in the draft at the Combine. High basketball IQ, 
All those are major pluses if he's still on the board here. He's getting looks as high as Dallas at 18, so might be gone. Um, lack of consistent jump shots, probably the biggest concern about his game. Robert Woodward III, also an option here. Here, Jaden McDaniels, if he's still on the board. This could be his floor. Jaden McDaniels of the Jazz, that would be interesting. I actually kind of like that because I think on a veteran team with a really, really strong culture like the Utah Jazz have, that maybe that's exactly the sort of right fit uh, for someone like Jaden McDaniels. At 24, the New Orleans Pelicans getting this pick uh, from the Bucks on Monday. I had them selecting Tyrell Terry, the Stanford point guard, uh, a freshman. Uh, the Pelicans acquired this pick from the Bucks in that Drew Holiday deal. And, you know, it's really tough to know exactly where to slot uh, Terry at this point. He could go as high as 17 to the Wolves. There's also strong interest there uh, with Brooklyn at 19. Look, he's one of the top shooters in the draft. That's going to be very attractive to the Pelicans. I certainly could envision a future where both he and Lonzo Ball could fit together in the backcourt. Robert Woodward III, another possibility here um, at 24. At 25, the Oklahoma City Thunder are on the board. Alexis Pokashevsky, the big man out of Serbia, the youngest player in this draft, still 18 years old. Thunder traded Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers on Sunday. They acquired uh, the Lakers' 28th pick uh, in the process. And everyone has the Thunder pegged to take Pokashevsky. I think that we've thought in the past that they'd have to move up uh, to get him. I'm just not really sure right now. Uh, one of the more challenging prospects in the draft to project. Combination of talent, size is off the charts, but man, he's got that slight frame. Lack of high-level experience make him like a major, major work in progress. That's why he may actually end up just sliding right into Oklahoma City's lap at 25. At 26, Boston Celtics are back on the board. I doubt the Celtics are going to keep all three of these first-round picks, but right now they haven't traded them yet, so we're selecting for them. I have them selecting Robert Woodward III, the sophomore wing out of Mississippi State. One of the few upside players left in this draft, great athlete, can guard multiple positions, is an emerging shooter, a polarizing prospect, but at 25, I just don't think the risk is that high. At 27, the New York Knicks are on the board. Cole Anthony, freshman point guard out of North Carolina. And, you know, what a, what a strange twist of fate if they get Toppin and, and, and Cole Anthony. Toppin wasn't really anywhere on draft boards at the start of the season. Cole Anthony was top five. Toppin ends up going the lottery. Cole Anthony ends up going late in the first round. And if they pass on a point guard with their first pick, I think this is actually a pretty good place for them to go. I, I think at this point, Cole Anthony is underrated. And given the fact that he does have elite scoring ability, he can play both backcourt positions, I think this is a nice nice get uh, for the Knicks at 27. At 28, the Oklahoma City Thunder are back on the board. This is the pick that they got from the Lakers uh, when they traded Dennis Schroeder to L.A. on Monday. I have them selecting Theo Maladon, point guard out of France. So we're just going to exchange international point guards at this point. With Schroeder gone, adding another backcourt piece will be important. And Maladon's size and improvement this year certainly make him an intriguing pick uh, for the Thunder at 28. At 29, the Toronto Raptors. I have them selecting Vernon Carey Jr., the freshman forward center out of Duke. The Raptors are 
going to maybe be facing some issues at, in free agency with their big men. And I definitely think Kerry could be an interesting fit. He's lost a lot of weight over the past few months. He's been shooting the ball well in workouts. Teams seem to be falling back in love uh, with his potential. He was one time considered a top 10 high school player in the country. Arizona's Zeke Naji, another potential pick here for Toronto, as is Kansas's Duku Azabuke. At 30, last pick in the first round, Boston Celtics are on the board. Zeke Naji, freshman center out of Arizona. Again, I'm not sure that Boston's going to end up with all three of these picks. I think the chances of trading them, or at least one of them, is really high. There's been a ton of buzz about Jay Scrub, uh, the Juco Player of the Year, who was set to play in Louisville this year before deciding to jump in the draft. He's been attached to the Blazers, the Raptors, and the Celtics as a potential first-round super sleeper. And, you know, look, he's intriguing. He's a good athlete. He's got a quick first step. He can finish above the rim. He can defend both uh, backcourt positions. Only shot 33% uh, from three. His free throw numbers weren't great either. So I'm going to be a little bit skeptical that he goes in the first round after talking to multiple NBA teams. Najee doesn't have that upside, but his size and defensive versatility in the front court can definitely help Boston now. When we return, we are going to talk about the second round, mock drafting the second round of the 2020 NBA draft. First time I've done that this year. If you want to follow along with everything that's happening right now, you can go to nbabigboard.com. You can read our mock draft 3.0. You can read our big board 4.0, which is our final big board of the year. You can read our 2020 draft tiers coming soon. You're going to have the 2021 uh, big board. Uh, You can follow all of that online at nbabigboard.com. And don't forget to join me live on our Locked On Live live draft cast. We're going to be doing it via Facebook, via Twitch, via YouTube on Locked On Live. I'm going to be joined by David Locke. Um, We're going to break down every pick in this draft live as it happens. We're going to be joined by all of our great Locked On NBA guest hosts. Each team, your team, deep in-depth analysis of what your team did and why. I think it's going to be a great time. Again, I'm not saying don't listen to ESPN, but you really should come check us out on Locked On Live on draft night. And we are back talking 2020 mock draft 3.0, our last mock draft of the year. It's draft day, draft morning. What better to unwrap than a mock draft on draft morning? It's the second round now. Now is the time to confess. I'm really terrible at projecting second rounds. Like, you know, my hit rate in some drafts has been like one, two, three. Um, picks in the second round. It's it's so hard to keep track of the first round. The wheels just sort of come off and, and these picks happen like every two minutes. Uh, it's hard to, to really keep track. I did my best uh, to project where I think particular players can go. Uh, you definitely don't really get deep into this when you're talking to NBA scouts and executives about what they're going to do in the second round. They're still trying to figure out the first round as well. So I've just tried to find some fits there. So this is less reported more Chad Ford speculation here about what's happening in the second round. Starts with the Dallas Mavericks. 
We have this pick via the Warriors taking Malachi Flynn, the San Diego State junior point guard. Uh, one of the guys that, frankly, could go 10 spots higher in this draft. I actually really love Malachi Flynn. Uh, there's a, kind of a lot of point guards kind of later in the first round, which may push him out a little bit. But I actually think he's the guy who can step in, play right away. I would actually love him in Dallas. I think that'd be a great pick uh, for Dallas at 31. At 32, the Charlotte Hornets are on the board. They're getting this pick via the Cavs. Paul Reed, the sophomore forward center out of DePaul, have them going 32. This is a guy John Hollinger's been super high on all year. I think he's another guy who can guard multiple positions on the floor. I really like him. I actually think he brings uh, some stuff offensively as well. I personally like him better than Precious um, right now. Could could turn out to be a terrible take, uh, but it's kind of what I think. And I definitely think he could be an, an excellent fit um, in Charlotte, especially if they end up with LaMelo Ball and they're going to need to add uh, some defensive big man uh, as part of that package. At 33, the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the board. This will be their third pick because they have two first-round picks. Xavier Tillman, the junior power forward out of Michigan State. Everybody loves this kid. He's he's one of these guys like high floor, low ceiling just does his work every day. Great rebounder, plays hard, um, can defend. Going to bring be a great locker room guy. Is going to find some rotation minutes somewhere. Uh, I like him in Minnesota on a team that is trying to go forward. I think he actually adds a bit of a veteran presence uh, to the locker room. At 34, the Philadelphia 76ers are on the clock. They get this pick via the Hawks. Isaiah Joe, the Arkansas shooting guard, who is one of the best shooters in this draft. Crazy range, high volume of three-point shots. Philadelphia, always in need of shooters uh, when you're going to be playing Ben Simmons uh, on this team. Uh, He certainly can stretch the floor, and I like Isaiah Joe uh, there for them. At 35, the Sacramento Kings uh, via the Pistons. Devon Dotson, the Kansas sophomore guard, who is one of the quickest players in this draft. He's an elite scorer. Excels off the bounce, getting to the basket. Not a great shooter, a bit undersized for his position, not really a point guard. That's why he slides a few spots higher, but could be instant offense off the bench for Sacramento at 35. At 36, the Philadelphia 76ers back on the clock, this time via a pick from the Knicks. Jordan Ora, the Louisville junior, uh, who also is one of the better shooters in this draft. He has good size for his position, good length. I'm not sure exactly what else he brings to the table besides shooting, but again, I'm just loading Philly up uh, with shooters at at the moment. At 37, the Washington Wizards are on the board. They get this pick via the Chicago Bulls. Tyler Bay, the junior forward out of Colorado, who is one of the best athletes in this draft, super explosive, really hard worker uh, on the defensive end. Still just kind of coming along on the offensive end, and I think that's been the concern. He's, he's definitely one of those guys that might be a little bit of a tweener. Not sure exactly what position he plays in the pros. That, that causes him to slide a few picks in this draft. I think this is still really good value. And by the way, you know when we're talking about a lot of these guys, Dotson, Tillman, for example, Malachi Flynn, these guys could all end up in the first round as well. I just have them in the second. Uh, 38, New York Knicks via the Hornets. Uh, Jamius Ramsey, the Texas Tech freshman guard, again, volume scorer, uh, can shoot it a little bit. Uh, we're just 
loading the Knicks up now with backcourt guys that can score the basketball. I'm not sure who's going to defend in New York, but uh, he's an intriguing prospect. He's only 19 years old, and and I certainly think there's upside there uh, with the 38th pick in the draft. At 39, the New Orleans Pelicans selecting uh, this pick uh, for the Wizards. Daniel Laturo, the Minnesota sophomore center who had a really, really strong sophomore season, one of the more improved players in the country. Very skilled uh, big man, um, great size, adding just more skill and size uh, to this Pelicans roster um, at the moment. Uh, If you remember earlier, I have Jalen Smith um, selected at 13. At 40, the Grizzlies are on the board. This pick via the Suns. This is the first pick that the Grizzlies have been able to make in the 2020 NBA draft. Adoko Azabuke, the Kansas center. Big guy, 7'7 wingspan, 7-footer, really good athlete, actually. Just a dominant player in the paint. Terrible free throw shooter. Doesn't really do anything facing the basket. But when you have that size and length and athleticism, I think you get something done in the NBA. And kind of reminds me of DeAndre Jordan uh, a little bit. And uh, a little bit surprised he doesn't go higher. Uh, again, there seems to be a penalty um, that big men are playing or paying right now uh, in the draft. At 41, San Antonio Spurs back on the on the board. Yam Madar, the Israeli guard, a 19-year-old for Hapoel Tel Aviv. And, you know, he's, he's such an intriguing prospect because he plays his butt off. His incredible uh, energy is just making a difference when he's out there. But he's not really a point guard. He's kind of more of a two guard in a point guard's body. He's not like a great shooter. Um, athletically, he's actually not bad at all. But that lack of a jump shot and kind of undersized for his position, that makes him more uh, of a second round prospect. Uh, he absolutely wants to leave Israel and come to the NBA, even if it's the G League uh, next year. And so he could be an interesting prospect for San Antonio to develop down the road. At 42, the New Orleans Pelicans select Peyton Pritchard, the Oregon point guard senior who had an incredible season for Oregon as a senior, uh, really added to his jump shot. I think that was the thing that teams really liked about him. Um, he's always been gritty. He's always been a team first guy. Just really improved as a scorer and a shooter. Could Peyton Pritchard's a guy who could surprise a lot of people and move up 10 spots higher in this draft than where we have him right now. I really like him in New Orleans. At 43, Sacramento Kings. They also have them selecting a point guard. Trey Jones, the sophomore point guard out of Duke, who is just one of the more consistent performers in this draft. Again, sort of a high floor, but pretty low ceiling. Not a great athlete. Just does kind of everything well, but not one thing great, other than that I think he's a really steady leader. Uh, I think that he might be a nice backup point guard in Sacramento. At 44, the Chicago Bulls, this pick via the Grizzlies. Elijah Hughes, the junior shooting guard out of Syracuse, um, who I actually really like. I think he really improved as a scorer this year. Uh, I think he can do a lot of things well. He's a pretty good athlete. Like every Syracuse player that's ever played at Syracuse, you're going to question their defense because he obviously is playing zone there. And so, and so that's a concern. But but I like him uh, in Chicago, uh, adding another uh, potential scorer off the bench in the backcourt. At 45, the Orlando Magic select Emmanuel Quickly, 
the Kentucky sophomore guard. He's only 6'3", but he has a 6'8 wingspan. Do you see where I'm going, Magic fans? We know that John Hammond loves those guys um, with length. He actually had a really, really good season for Orlando this year and really shot the ball well uh, for them. He's not a great athlete, and that's something Orlando typically likes, and so that that could be a no uh, for them. But I, I think quickly, quickly he's got a shot. At 46, finally, Jay Scrub gets to go to the Portland Trailblazers. That, look, this whole rumor could be smoked that Neil O'Shea was thinking about taking him in the first round. Obviously, that's impossible now because they traded their pick for Robert Covington. This is probably the more appropriate spot to be selecting Jay Scrub, the Juco Player of the Year. He might go higher. He could shock us and go 29 to Toronto or 30 to Boston. Um, I think that he's probably more appropriate here. A, a guy who actually is a really good scorer. He's a really good athlete. He finishes above the rim. Not a great shooter. I think that's the big question mark for him. At 47, the Celtics via the Nets. Man, Celtics got a lot of picks. They're definitely not keeping all these picks. Uh, Abdoulaye Indoy, the guard out of France, who uh, I, I think is really intriguing for his length. Um, he's definitely finally we're getting to a prospect that we're going to be able to like keep uh, overseas uh, for a few years and let him develop uh, there. And I think that alone uh, makes him a a definitely more intriguing pick right now. And, you know, part of this is just I think if you look at Boston, they are not going to be able to keep all these picks on their roster uh, unless they make some other moves. And so at this point, you're just trying to figure out who might have some talent that you could stash overseas, you know, for a few years maybe, and and hope that hope that something you know really happens. He's 57 on our big board, but he does have a 7'3 wingspan, has speed, athleticism, improved as a shooter this year. Actually, shot 44% from three. Um, been slow to progress on the offensive end beyond that, and that's why he slides a little bit further uh, down in the draft. At 48, the Golden State Warriors via the Mavs select Grant Riller out of Charleston. Uh, just a lighted up scorer. He's kind of the size of a point guard, but really plays more like a two guard. Actually a pretty good athlete. He's 23 years old, but if the Warriors want somebody who can come off the bench and give them some points when Steph Curry's resting or when Klay Thompson's resting, Riller might, might be the guy. At 49, another pick for the Philadelphia 76ers, Cassius Winston, senior point guard out of Michigan State. Slow as sin. Uh, one of the worst athletes that's tested in the last decade at the NBA draft combine uh, around all athletes, let alone point guards, where he was historically the worst. But a winner, excellent basketball IQ, shot 43% from three. He's just a basketball player. And and I, I have questions about whether he's going to be able to make it in the league, uh, given what is going to be surely some major defensive liabilities and struggles to get by guys on the offensive end, given that lack of athleticism. But maybe on a team like Philadelphia with Ben Simmons at the point, um, he can make it happen. At pick 50, it's the Atlanta Hawks. Reggie Perry, Mississippi State, sophomore center, Really kind of an interesting guy here and a guy that I wonder a little bit why he hasn't been higher on some draft draft boards. And, you know, look, Reggie is not a household name by any stretch of the imagination, but he averaged 17 points a game, 10 rebounds a game. 
uh, was one of the most improved players in the country as a sophomore, uh, can score in the paint, uh, can translate kind of into like a small ball center. I'm in the NBA. Uh, he's a little bit undersized, uh, still emerging his, uh, his perimeter game. But I think for the Hawks here, not a bad pick at 50. At 51, Golden State Warriors back on the clock, this time via the Jazz. Nico Mannion, the freshman point guard out of Arizona, a guy that some people thought might be a lottery pick to start of the season. Certainly had that hype coming out of high school. Didn't show much of it. Really struggled at Arizona. Couldn't get by anybody. Uh, everybody could get by him on the defensive end. Struggled as a shooter. He clearly has court vision. Um, he's a pretty good athlete. I mean, there's there's things to like about his game, and I and I think a lot of that sizzle uh, that we saw in high school just couldn't really translate onto the court as the competition got better. But if he struggles to do it at Arizona, he's certainly going to struggle to do it in the NBA, and that's why he slides a few spots more in the draft. But actually a good spot for him in Golden State. At 52, the Sacramento Kings via the Rockets select Josh Hall. Who you say? Josh Hall. Went to prep school uh, last year. And another guy that I just think he was going to go to North Carolina State, um, earned a reputation as an elite shooter, has size, length, decent athleticism. And, you know, if he really shoots it as well as reputation is, you know, this is kind of a nice pick uh, at 52 for Sacramento. At 53, Mama Dide Akite. Out of Virginia, uh, again, an interesting prospect, has length, his versatility, not an elite rebounder or shooter, but he's strong, can finish and face the basket a bit. Average rebounding numbers make kind of a product of Virginia's system. Kind of an intriguing second-round pick, actually. I, I kind of like him a bit. We haven't talked a lot about him. At 54, the Indiana Pacers, their first pick in the 2020 NBA draft, Sam Merrill. Out of Utah State, a guy that can play both backcourt positions, really great floor vision, really shoots the ball well, 24 years old, not sure who he guards exactly, but just that high-level basketball IQ makes him unique. At 55, the Brooklyn Nets via the Nuggets select Cassius Stanley, the Duke freshman wing, who is, again, one of the great athletes in this draft, super bouncy, tested great at the combine, just didn't really pop as a prospect, but at 19, I'm a little bit surprised uh, he doesn't move up a few spots in the draft. At 56, Charlotte Hornets are on the board. Uh, Skylar Mays out of LSU, sort of a do-everything guard. Uh, not one thing that he does great, but actually really excelled in so many ways, can play both backcourt positions. 23-year-old um, out of LSU. At 57, the LA Clippers select Killian Tilly, the Gonzaga senior forward center who actually had a lot of promise as a potential first-round NBA prospect and just battled injuries um, throughout his career at Gonzaga and never really developed the way that we hoped he would, but can really shoot the ball and stretch the floor. At 58, the Philadelphia 76ers select Paul Ibua, uh, the Italian power forward uh, who is just another guy with long arms, uh, can do some athletic things uh, on the court, if that sort of stuff interests you, um, you may say, who is this guy and, and why is he on your big board right now? Well, one, draft and stash is important. He averaged seven and a half points a game, 5.3 rebounds a game, seven still points, 0.7 still, 0.7 blocks a game. 
just the major work in progress that's got length, athleticism, NBA body, explosive finisher at the rim. Um, he's only 20 years old, 6'7", with a 7'3 wingspan. Definitely a draft and stash uh, product at 58. At 59, Toronto Raptors select Nate Hinton, sophomore guard out of Houston. Hinton, another guy that eh, I really kind of like. He's tough. Uh, he just really, um, really gets it done on the defensive end. He's an incredible rebounder. Uh, has lots of defensive versatility. Can guard multiple positions. Just just kind of limited offensively. Shot the ball okay from three, uh, but only averaged 10.6 points uh, per game uh, for Houston. And finally, it's the 60th pick in the draft. The Milwaukee Bucks are on the board. They are probably going to need this guy. They have so few players on the roster after making the Drew Holiday deal. They're going to need everybody they can get. They're actually trying to move up. I get a few other prospects maybe in the second round, buy some second round picks right now. Tyshawn Alexander, the Creighton senior guard, um, who I personally think might just be slightly underrated um, right now. In fact, uh, I have him significantly higher on my big board. Well, not significantly, seven spots higher at 53. Average 16.9 points a game, five rebounds a game. Shot 40% from three, high basketball IQ. Some scouts think he might be able to play some point guard, uh, really high motor, able to defend multiple positions. Just a little bit surprised. He's not rated higher. That's all 60 picks. There's plenty of guys that didn't get drafted here that might get drafted. So don't yell at me if you're Yoli Childs fan out of BYU or uh, Kareem Maine uh, out, of, out of Canada, or if you're a Kentucky guy and you liked Ashton Haggins. Um, they might go. Lamar Stevens out of Penn State might go. Jalen Harris out of Nevada might go in the in the second round. Uh, this isn't definitive, but this is the best I can do to walk you through the 2020 NBA Draft Mock Draft 3.0. Like I said, if there's trades throughout the day, um, if there's major news about a team potentially selecting a guy, we will update the mock. Uh, and then at 7.45 p.m. Eastern, I go live with David Locke. We're going to go through the entire draft. You can follow us at Locked On Live. You can go to YouTube. You can go to Facebook. You can go to Twitch. Just look for Locked On Live. Or you can go to my Twitter account at Chad Ford Insider and to find all of those links. We're going to go through every pick in the draft. Stay with us. Brad Rowland from Locked On Hawks is going to join us uh, to give his breakdowns. We're going to talk to all of the Locked On podcast hosts from the local areas to give local insight on the team. I think it's going to be super knowledgeable, super fun uh, broadcast, and uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it and hope you spend draft night um, with me. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.